Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. We are so glad that wherever, whenever, and however you chose to listen to us, you found your way onto the Believe podcast. My name is John Boccasino, being joined, of course, as I always am, by my colleague, the esteemed Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, great to have you on here, buddy, because you know what? How fun was that getting to watch actual real Buffalo Bills football and then to see the whooping that they laid on the Rams. Ooh boy, football is back. Oh, the Super Bowl champs taking it on the chin to our Buffalo Bills. Oh God, that was nice. And here we are on Victory Friday. How often do we get to say that? (laughs) It's a great feeling. You know, I'm telling you right now, Jamie, as I sit here in my living room, it's 82 degrees out. The sun is shining you know, meetings with coworkers, everybody just had a better aura to them. They were in a great place because of the win for the Bills last night. And it's a Friday and a beautiful weekend. But this whole region embraces the Bills so much. And we've been used to the Bills being doormats for so long that it was just such an experience last night's game. I didn't want the game to end. That's how much fun I had sitting back there and, and watching just the Bills Mafia members that went to SoCal, I salute you. You were loud. You were proud. What a display by those Buffalo Bills, 31 to 10, Jamie. Great way to start the year. Well, let me tell you about the atmosphere that I was in. Now, I watch games here in Washington, D.C. at a place called the Bullpen, which is really just like this vacant lot surrounded by shipping containers that is outside Nats Park, where the Washington Nationals play baseball. Well, they had a concert last night. The Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing at the same time as the Bills game, so I could hear that in the background While the Bills game was going and the concert let out before the game was over and all those people kind of crushed in. And next thing you know, you've got all these people wearing Chili Peppers t-shirts singing the shout song with us. (laughs) It was incredible, man. Oh, dude, what a what a merging, what a melding of the worlds out there, you know, to get the concert convergence with the, the Bills fans at the sports bar in D.C. And, you know, it was great to see Twitter. You know, Twitter can be a cesspool, but on Bills game days, when the Bills win, man, it's one of the best places to be to see all the reactions and all the posts from Bills Mafia. And as we sit here on Believe, we're going to sit here and break down what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like from week one of the NFL season for the Buffalo Bills. But before we get into that, I have a caveat um, that, Jamie, you might appreciate Coming from John, the eternal optimist over here on the other side of the microphone. Okay. (laughs) We are going to heap a lot of praise uh, on the Buffalo Bills. We're going to, I've got a couple things that still, you know, concern me that I want to see shored up, but as, as exciting as it was, I had told myself before the game started that, well, you know, I I feel good. I feel good. The Bills are going to win, but if they lose, it's not the end of the world. I'm not going to have this woe is me, be down and depressed. And so I have to counter that with they won, they look like world beaters, but it is still just one week. So we have to temper ourselves a little bit. The Super Bowl parade is not coming down Chippewa yet. There's a long way to go. You want to come out of the gate fast, right? 
you know, you you want to come out clicking on all cylinders. You want to take it to the Super Bowl champs to prove that you belong there. But I'm with you. It's a long season. Let's put this into perspective. The Green Bay Packers lost 38-3 to in week one last year. They ended up the number one seed in the NFC. The Rams did not win a game in December, and they won the Super Bowl. The Bills at some point are going to hit the skids, and it's probably going to be a three or four game stretch. Don't panic. This is a talented team. I went into last night so zen about the outcome of the game because the team has enough talent that they're going to make the playoffs. Of course, we want our Buffalo Bills to get the home field advantage, right? Of course we do. But even if that doesn't happen, you can still make it to the Super Bowl. And it's been proven time and again that you don't have to have home field advantage in order for that to happen. And I just know that there's enough talent on the team that they're going to be in the playoffs at the end of the year. And that's where they're going to make their money. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you want, you know, as, and, and again, you want to stack up W's. You want to pile win upon win upon win. And you do that, you're going to get the number one seed. You're going to get home field advantage. And that goes a long way towards winning the Super Bowl. But you also want to be peaking at the right time heading into the postseason. And I just worry that, and last night's game does nothing to, to quash these concerns. And it's a great concern to have. But man, the collective expectations for Bill's Mafia was at an all-time high before the game. And then they go out there and they travel to a place to take on the defending Super Bowl champion Rams who are getting their rings presented. They've got their fan base. Bill's Mafia traveled well. And yet it was like, it almost felt like it was a home game for the Bills with the crowd energy. <laughs> you know, there were so many members of Bill's Mafia that made the road trip out there. And that's why I just want to caution Look, expectations are even higher, I feel like, after yesterday. The whole National Football League audience, the whole country that wanted to, saw Buffalo put on a display. And, Jamie, the Bills could have won by 40 if they didn't have those four turnovers. That's the crazy part about how dominant their performance was. If they tighten up a couple of the mistakes, it's so much more than a 21-point game. As Pete Schrager said on Good Morning Football, if the Bills didn't have those self-inflicted wounds, it could have been 31-10 at halftime. But it was it was a little sloppy for the Bills. They they sort of looked like they were laying the same turd that they laid on week 1 last year against the Steelers when they lost to an inferior team. And I was a little bit concerned because yes, they were they were clicking in a lot of ways, but geez, like that fumble from Cook, the Isaiah McKenzie, I guess that that interception goes on Josh Allen, but what the hell was McKenzie doing on that play? And if you take those out of it, I, I don't see the Rams moving the ball. They Oh, and, and they kicked the ball out of bounds on a kickoff. Like, what the hell is going on there? There were some major faux pas that definitely need to be cleaned up, and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean can't be happy that on James Cook's first professional carry, he's careless and fumbles the ball away. I didn't. I like the tweet from uh, from Bruce Nolan, uh, who was like, "Well, I guess we'll see James Cook get another touch in about seven weeks." Uh, with the way that McDermott wants to punish his rookies for the miscues, 
The funny thing about that is I actually said to the person next to me, well, we're not going to see him again until week five. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Jamie, it might not even be needed. I mean, look, there's so many positives I want to talk about. And again, we're going to get to the negatives. We've touched on some of them very briefly, but how it was it was so awesome to me as much as the Bills stubbed their toe in the first half, that opening drive that Josh Allen put Mm -hmm. on display was a thing of beauty. And I loved it for so many reasons, not the least of which being Stefan Diggs torching that piece of shit, Jalen Ramsey. (laughs) You don't like Jalen Ramsey's smack talk, huh? You know, I would love for him to revisit his whole Josh Allen is trash. We can't wait to play them comment. Jalen, how did that go last night, buddy? Oh, man. And you could tell the Bills do not like him. They use that bulletin board material to their advantage. There was all kinds of smack talk. And and I got to say, coming from the Bills, Ramsey took it on the chin. Like, he didn't act like a diva out there. He basically was like, after the game, he said, we got our asses beat. And he wasn't chirping back at them. He was taking it the way he should have. And he got his lunch handed to him. And, you know, we can go through it and we'll we'll touch on Josh Allen's performance. Josh Allen sets a single or sets a single game franchise record for accuracy by completing 26 of 31 passes in the regular season. That's an 83.9% completion percentage for those non-math majors. Do you know whose record he broke, by the way, Jamie? Whose record? Josh Allen's completion percentage record that he set yesterday takes him over from franchise quarterback Trent Edwards. Yay. Really? Oh, I would love to see the average depth of pass from Trent Edwards in that game. Uh, I guarantee you the majority of his passes were behind the line of scrimmage. So, Jamie, I real quick aside, I was at that game uh, when Jamie. Were you? That was 2008. Remember, so the Bills got off to that wicked fast start uh, in that year, and then Trent suffered that horrible concussion uh, in the desert Mm -hmm. when Adrian Wilson uh, laid the wood to him, and he was knocked unconscious. Uh, And that was the end of him. Yes. Well, it was the end of him, except for the very next game, Trent Edwards had his record-setting performance against the then San Diego Chargers in a game that's probably more remembered for the fact that a balloon crashed into the power lines and caused the game's broadcast to go out for about a quarter and a half at the stadium. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, buddy, that's what you might remember way more than uh, what Trent Edwards did in the 2008 season against the uh, the San Diego Chargers. But Well, I clearly didn't remember that, so shame on me. Well, you know, you've, you've, you've lived a life. You've had some experiences. <laughs> I, I'm old. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. By the way, since you did ask, Jamie, uh, Trent Edwards, actually, that I've got the stats up here right now. In that game, he was 25 of 30 for 261. So he completes 25 passes for 261 yards, an average of 8.7 yards with That's one touchdown, good. no picks, 83.3% completion. Now Josh Allen takes the cake at 83.9. How great was it to see that he picked up exactly where he left off last playoffs? It, yes. And 
I was worried that maybe Josh Allen was playing over his head a little bit in the playoffs. I know blasphemous, right? Bills Mafia, you're mad at me for saying that. But you have to look at the entire season's body of work. And he was pretty inconsistent last year. You'll notice that last season, uh, last season, Josh Allen's completion percentage dropped by five points over the 2020 season. So that tells me that he was not, you know, he wasn't quite as hot as he was two years ago. And I was thinking to myself, oh God, is there a little bit of regression? Well, then he turned into the all world quarterback that the entire, you know, the entire football universe saw. And I was a little bit concerned that all of us were stuck with some recency bias saying, well, that's what the real Josh Allen is because that's what we saw in the playoffs when it mattered. Well, I was proven that this is, in fact, or is proven to me, I should say, that this is, in fact, the real Josh Allen. So happy to see it. And the dude is a gamer. Not only did he plant that guy's face into the turf, apparently he was laughing while doing it, and apparently every time he was hit, he was laughing at the defenders. The dude's a baller right now, man. Glad he's on our team. The amount of uh, Josh Allen uh, photos heading to the Louvre grew by a couple last night. That stiff arm was so (laughs) fantastic, shoving the Rams guy to the turf and laughing about it. I mean, he's a he's a no fear. He's the captain. He's the unquestioned leader of this team. And I like the fact that the throws that Josh Allen was making last night. First of all, at one point, his average hold time, average release time was 2.2 seconds, which is lightning Mm -hmm. quick. And yet his recognition was so on point. He found receivers when they were open. He had that dart to Dawson Knox when there was like a fraction of a second to fit that in there. And Mm -hmm. he fit it in there. He was precise. He was surgical. The only thing that stopped him was that interception uh, that I, I still think Isaiah McKenzie should have had that. It wasn't on uh, Allen and my the one throw that Allen had that was bad was the Jamison Crowder pick that was slightly uh, behind the veteran. But other than that, man, he was just on point. And I loved what I saw from Stefan Diggs. This was a reinvented Stefan Diggs last night who really had his way with uh, with Jalen Ramsey. I feel like instead of it being the Diggs that we've known before, like he was he was so quick with his route running. He was so efficient with what he did, his toe tapping. I mean, Jamie, everything that Diggs did in going for eight catches and a buck 22 and a touchdown, that was one of the best performances you'll see from a receiver. Yes, it is. And there may be a little secret sauce here. Last year, Diggs was on the field for 86% of the Bills offensive snaps. This past game, he was only on the field for 67% of the snaps. And I think what we saw was a guy with a lot more energy and a lot more intensity and focus when he was on the field. Because when he was out there, he was targeted on 34.6% of those plays. When he was on the field, they were looking for him every time. Interestingly, the receiver that led in snaps was... um, uh, was Davis. Gabriel Davis was on the field for 98% of the snaps. Interesting, isn't it? You know, that is. And I, I am, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that is such 
a key point to, to dissect the usage and the snap counts. And we'll get to it on the defensive side of things, but I'm with you. Keep digs fresh. When he catches eight of his nine targets out there, you know, the bills have so many dang weapons. You don't need digs out there running routes. 95% of the time, um, save him for the big plays, the big drives. You obviously he's your leader, but keeping him fresh is a theme for all of the bills that we'll have to watch out for this year and, and keeping them healthy for a, a sustained run. And, you know, I loved what Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey, who we'll get to, but I want to give him a quick shout out here too, with what they did with the offense, they recognized something right away when it came to how to attack this supposed vaunted, and they still are a good secondary, but they had the perfect game plan to attack Jalen Ramsey and this vaunted Rams secondary. They recognize that when Ramsey lines up in the slot, he's more vulnerable, he's more susceptible, and that's when you attack. And that's when you saw Diggs in the slot and you saw Davis and Crowder and those guys coming over the middle and getting Ramsey in uncomfortable positions. It led to completions all day long. Clearly, Ramsey likes using the sideline to his benefit and getting him in the middle of the field is not something he's as comfortable with. I love that they discovered this on film. Like, that took some excellent film work by Ken Dorsey to say, hey, you know what? This guy might be the best in the league, but we're going going to put him into a position where he is uncomfortable. And it worked. It, it worked really well. So Ken Dorsey, do you want to talk about him a little bit? Yeah, let's let's give let's give Ken. So I, I think it's only one game, but I, I'm ready to put to bed the overplayed, tired narrative that, oh, the Bills and Josh Allen are going to oh, look. Brian Dable's impact on this offense was profound. But that was especially true in earlier days of Josh Allen's career. Josh Allen now is a totally different quarterback than he was a couple of years ago when he really needed that nurturing and that development from Brian Dable. Josh Allen is a beast and a man-child right now, and Ken Dorsey put him in great positions to succeed with, I thought, some pretty clever play calling, especially early on with that Gabe Davis fake out where you had yeah. – how sick was that play, Jamie? Oh, my God. It, the entire defense was fooled by that. It, it was so clear – And I don't know if you noticed, I was watching a little clip from Brian Baldinger. Baldy's breakdowns are always entertaining. They actually went with an unbalanced line to the left-hand side, the Bills did, and they had a guard pulling from the right-hand side over to the left. There was no reason at all to believe that anything was going to go to the right-hand side of the field. And oh. It did. <laughs> Touchdown. Dude, that was that was such a great play. Davis, I mean, all Allen had to do was loft the ball. Gabe ran under it, took it to the house for the touchdown. So I was incredibly impressed with the diverse play calling, with the fact that they got a lot out of their running game. Uh, both Devin Singletary and Zach Moss ran hard and ran really well. Um, there were great short passes to the backs as well. Mm-hmm. I give Dorsey an outstanding a grade in his first game as a play caller. What did you think about the newly anointed offensive coordinator? I loved the use of swing passes. I loved the fact that they were taking what was given to them in that they weren't forcing it down the field until the Rams got into single high looks. Now, interestingly, that deep pass to Diggs for the Bills' final score, where he 
<laughs> was caught by the turf monster and the ball still fell <laughs> into his chest. That's how you know things are going your way, right? <laughs> um, they were in quarters coverage on that play, and it looked like Ramsey got burned. I'm not even sure that that was his assignment, but you know the optics were that he got burned, so I'm not upset about that. Um, one thing that I didn't like is I felt like they were doing too many quarterback draws, and I thought Josh Allen was being hit more than he needs to be hit. And the quarterback draws, I understand that it was probably something that they saw in film and thought was going to work. It clearly wasn't there. It clearly wasn't there, and they kept going back to it. They need, and I, and that's another. That's one of the negatives I wanted to bring up. As great as of a runner as Josh Allen is, and he made some spectacular gains yesterday to convert first downs to keep drives alive. But you talk about Diggs being fresher by limiting his snaps. The Bills and Josh Allen, there needs to be – I know he knows how to protect himself. He's gotten a little better at that. He's still going to always fight for the extra yard or two. But they need to put him in a position where Josh doesn't think, okay, well, if it's not there, I'm going to run and run and run because he needs to protect himself more than any other story that's going to happen this year for the Bills. Mm-hmm. This team – this team needs to concern itself with load management. And part of load management is the number of hits that you get. They do it with the defensive line, but they don't seem to do it with other positions the way I would like to see them do it. Josh Allen, he, the guy's a dog. He likes the contact. You, you can tell that he does. But don't put him in that position unnecessarily in a week one game. I know you wanted to win this game. I know you want to win all the games. But they're not going to go undefeated. So I guess the point I'm making is clearly you're going to lose a game or two along the way. Josh Allen running a quarterback draw probably isn't going to be the difference in winning or losing those games. So don't put him in that position. That That's what I guess I'm saying. No, I agree with you. And especially that one play where Josh fought, um, it might have been like a three or a four yard gain, and he kind of leapt into like the helicopter position and took a couple of shots. And that's where you saw, I love Spencer Brown getting into it with the Rams for taking their shots. He was pushing back and saying, that's my quarterback. You know, don't go after him. And the Bills, they know what they have. They know how essential he is to the uh, to the season's success. So we agree that Josh needs to get careful and be mindful uh, of his running and keep that body healthy for the duration of this sky high expectation filled season. I know Jamie, we, we we've talked about a lot of things here, but I want to lump these next two kind of together. And it was, I really loved the hard running of Moss and Singletary with the a quick attack on Aaron Donald, because they ran right at Donald with good success. And it was a great blueprint to neutralize the all-world pass rusher. Tons of kudos to Buffalo's pulling offensive line. They did a great job last night. They did. It, it's funny because I had sort of forgotten what it looked like to run up, run against a starting defense. Uh, I was expecting it to look like the preseason game against Denver when they had their uh, second and third stringers in there from the outset of the game. Uh, I I liked what I saw from from the offensive line, not as much blocking. It seemed like they had their struggles, but, you know, Aaron Donald is going to get his. 
a very smart plan on the ground, though. The one way you can overcome speed and, let's face it, Aaron Donald is fast, is by going directly at it. And that was good. Now, he's he's a strong dude. He's possibly the best defensive player in history. Uh, and he didn't he didn't destroy the game for the Bills offense. And really, that's all you can ask for. He's going to get his, but he didn't ruin the game. And that balance is essential. Like you said, getting the contributions on the ground. I mean, Devin Singletary, I thought had a fantastic performance. I thought Zach Moss again, ran really well. The bills as a whole average almost five yards a carry uh, on their 25 rushes. So you get Josh Allen breaking a franchise record for accuracy in a game. And, you know, I know Zach Moss only had six carries for 15 yards, but he added a nice dimension out of the backfield too with those six catches for 21 yards. And he was breaking tackles and just putting on a really solid performance. So kudos to the Bills for being committed to the ground game on a day where Josh Allen could have tore up that Rams secondary, you know, all game long and pitching a phenomenal season opening performance. Very impressive all around by the offense. Any any closing thoughts on the O you want to get to before we shift to the other side of the ball? On the offense, I think that the only thing that stood out to me a little bit was that Dawson Knox wasn't as involved in the passing game as I expected him to be. I feel like the Rams must have had him well covered. Yeah, the Rams are notoriously good um, for their ability to shut down tight ends and especially bringing in Bobby Wagner, who was a great move uh, by the the Rams to pick him up after the Seahawks cut him. You know, the, the, the Bills tight ends only had one total catch for five yards on two targets for Dawson Knox. They took that aspect of the offense completely away from the game. But then you look at what Josh Allen did otherwise. Eight grabs for Diggs, four for 88 for Gabe Davis. Jamison Crowder made a difference outside of the one confusion on the route that he ran with three for 28. And yes, yeah, so and, and Jamie, in an award we're going to give away for the the first time, the unofficial Bill Leave touchdown celebration of the week. How cool was that, Isaiah McKenzie, when he did the gender reveal for his sister after catching that touchdown pass? Dude, that was crazy cool. Oh, you know, this Bills team is incredibly likable because of personalities like his. And I love what somebody asked on Twitter, which was, what if Isaiah McKenzie hadn't scored a touchdown? <laughs> McKenzie responded, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> that is so cool out there. Yeah, this Bills team is full of personalities, full of character. Unbelievable offensive performance in the season opening 31-10 to 10 win. Jamie, we got to talk about the front four for the Buffalo Bills. Now, this is a crazy, obscure stat I'm going to throw your way, but it's totally true. The Bills, by the way, did not punt last night. The fourth time, the fourth time (laughs) in their last six games, who needs a punter that the Bills haven't had to turn to their punt game uh, to, to switch field position? I know there were four turnovers, but the Bills did not punt for the fourth time in their last six games. The Buffalo Bills became the first team in the history, the 103-year history of the National Football League to go an entire game without punting, to record seven or more sacks, and three or more interceptions. Take a bow, Leslie Frazier. 
that defensive line, they didn't blitz. They did not blitz, and they still got seven sacks. And is Von Miller worth his weight in gold or what? He makes... I was going to say, he makes everybody around him better, especially, clearly, Jordan Phillips. Welcome back to the Bills. I mean, when Jordan Phillips had that one penetration on the Rams where he just, like took the Rams guard and like shoved him around like a rag doll and got in the backfield and got to Matthew Stafford. I mean, this was such a dominant team effort. You look at the seven sacks too. I mean, yeah, Von Miller had his two sacks, but the bills got sacks from five different players in getting to their seven Jordan Phillips and AJ Epinesa had one and a half a piece. And then Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham, who had a really nice play had a sack as well. Jamie, this is what the Bills defense was missing last year, and it seems like Von Miller is that missing piece of the puzzle. Getting to the quarterback, getting them on the ground, it makes a big difference, and I think one of the things you're going to see as a result of it is more turnovers. When you hit the quarterback, the quarterback puts the ball on the carpet. When you hit the quarterback while they're throwing, the ball pops up in the air, other players make interceptions. You... You even saw Boogie Basham bat one into the air and 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 catch it himself. It's just like the play he had in preseason, except in preseason he looked around him. And in, in this game, he did the right thing. He looked up in the air when he got his hands on the ball and boom, interception. It I mean, you can't ask for a better game from from the defensive line. You could not. You could not have scripted. And that's the theme for this whole episode really is, Jamie, even the most optimistic of Bills fans, you ask them how the season opener is going to go. And I'm sure they were confident that the Bills were going to win, but nobody saw them winning by three touchdowns on a night where they had four turnovers. No one saw them dominating the Rams offensive line like this. It was just such a great all around performance. And I loved the fact that yet again, we saw Leslie Frazier in this Bills defense they're smart about their usage and their 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 load management where you only had, you know, you're not having Von Miller. This is not the Denver Bronco days where he's going to line mm-hmm. up 85% of the snaps. They don't need him to do that. Right. Even AJ Epinesa got in on it and to me he was generally invisible yesterday, but they they need him to play well. Um I I think that if you can put him on the bench for, oh, I don't know, maybe 40% of the time, 30% of the time, you're looking at a player that's going to be in much better shape late in the season, which is exactly what the Bills need. Like I said before, this is a team designed for the playoffs. Manage them like they're going to the playoffs. And you're absolutely right. You know, the load management's key for this front four. I love, again, there's so much to love about this game, but just imagine the Bills' defense and you got Von Miller and you got Greg Russo, who are the number one tandem by far for Buffalo's pass rushers. They were having a field day. I know Andrew Wentworth retired. He's no longer there. Uh, the big Rams left tackle, who was Matthew Stafford's blindside protector. But the Rams looked like a JV squad going up against Buffalo's pass rush. And you got to give a lot of credit to Eric Washington, the D-line coach, for the strategy and the game plan that he and Leslie Frazier cooked up to neutralize this Rams offense, which, by the way, tried their darndest to run the ball 
to minimal success. So another cap, another feather in the Bills cap with how well they played against the run game. The Rams put together in the first quarter one really good drive, and they didn't seem to really have it beyond that. And I was happy with the adjustments that that the team made. And I'm looking at the coaches when it comes to that because it looked after that one drive like, you know, maybe the Rams are going to make a game out of this. The defense shut that right down from that point on. It was it was next man up, and especially you saw that principle when Ed Oliver uh, left the game with an ankle injury. He apparently was spotted with a walking boot, uh, although the team says he's he's going to be fine. But who knows if he's going to miss a game or two? The depth along the defensive line really stepped up, and a guy I want to give a major shout out to, besides the great play of Jordan Phillips, who again just looked like a reborn player out there. Boogie Basham really had himself a ball game. You had to be impressed by the former Wake Forest product with what he did out there, right, Jamie? Well, yeah. I mean, the guy was actually playing quite a bit of defensive tackle as a result of the injury to uh, to Ed Oliver. So, yeah, I, th- I think you have to be you have to be happy with what he showed. And I mean, he even had it. He even had a hustle sack, which is really. I mean, that's what you need from Boogie. You you got to have him running around trying to make plays downfield because I don't know that he has the giddy up off the line of scrimmage to get to the quarterback, but clean that shit up, man. If it's out there, go get it. <laughs> go and get it. I, I Again, he had a great acrobatic play, though, for the interception. He had himself a nice performance, as did someone you're not going to see at all on the stat sheet, but man... Tim Settle was a man on a mission last night up the up the was middle it? as a nose tackle. Dude, I can count at least four plays where one of the reasons Buffalo sacks happened was because Tim Settle had his offensive lineman backpedaling and out of position. He was just a disruptor, and that's what the Bills expected when they got him from the commanders this offseason. What a great signing he proved to be last night. <laughs> I I just, I've loved that guy ever since his opening press conference when all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, he goes, woo! (laughs) (laughs) Cueing all of the the amazing Ric Flair gifs out there from all your wrestling fans. Woo! (laughs) Hey, to be the man, you got to beat the man. (laughs) And the Bills, the Bills took it to the man last night. And, you know, another thing, Jamie, that I want to get into as we're recapping the Bills 31 to 10 win here on Bill Leave is okay. You know who the Rams' best player is on offense. It's one Cooper Cup, who had 13 catches on 15 targets for a buck 28 and one touchdown. But can I tell you that I still feel like Buffalo's new cornerbacks? Rookie cornerbacks held up other than that one play where Christian Benford cut it short and Cooper cup slid in like 10 yards behind him for a 20 yard run to the sideline. I thought Christian Benford and Kyir Elam acclimated themselves very well in their debuts in the NFL, despite the fact that Cooper cup had himself a day. I agree with that. I mean, Cooper cup was targeted 15 times and a lot of his work was uh, across the middle. So I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even point, the finger at the rookies on that because that's more of a Taron Johnson kind of thing. 
because he's the slot cornerback. He's the one who covers those guys. But also, the Bills played a ton of a ton of zone coverage uh, on the back end. And that was very much to the benefit of Christian Benford, who actually, as a sixth round rookie, started over the first rounder. And I got to say, I was liking Christian Benford a little bit more in the preseason because he looked a little more physical to me. But the other thing is, he's clearly more comfortable playing zone than Elam is. Elam played a lot of man. But in the end, actually, Elam outsnapped Benford. So the fact that they split it nearly 50 50 and you really didn't hear their names called, you didn't hear Elam's name called at all. That's a good sign. Like, if you don't hear an offensive lineman's name and you don't hear a cornerback's name, they're doing their job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to hear because if you're hearing their name called, it's either a, a very small chance of a good play, like a pass breakup or a pick, or more likely it's defensive pass interference or holding or some sort of negative penalty. But, you know, I, 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 I'm I, with you in that I love that the, the Benford underdog story. And I, it doesn't matter to me that a sixth rounder is playing over a first rounder. These guys are going to push each other all year long. And I think that you, you hit on something there. And Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean talked about this during the week two, when it came to why you might have more playing time with Christian is because he's in fact, the direct quote from Brandon Bean, I've got it right here. Christian was exposed to more variations of defense that we run than was Kair, who played a lot of press at Florida. So that shows you you shouldn't be concerned about Kair Elam getting outplayed by a sixth rounder. Rather, tip your hat to the sixth rounder, Christian Benford, for making the major jump from Nova to the NFL and not really missing that much of a beat during his debut. I agree. And I think on the other side, when the Bills have plans of playing more man-to-man coverage, they'll probably start Elam over Benford. I'm just glad that they can get these guys onto the field. Now, I do want to question the coaching staff about two things, both offense and defense. A first-rounder typically plans on starting. He didn't get to start. James Cook, first touch in the NFL— banished. Are they harming these guys' confidence? Well, it definitely, I mean, James Cook didn't do himself any favors to tackle that question first, because I mean, it looked like he was so nonchalant with the ball uh, when he was carrying it for his lone carry of the game that like you could have seen, I I was afraid he was going to fumble the ball before he even got hit. And the, and he fumbled as he was on his way down Uh, The thing is, in the NFL, ball carriers are attacked with just veracity. I mean, these defensive players are taught to poke and prod and strip the ball at every occasion. So he better learn the lesson that you protect that thing, like sleep with it at night, carry it on with you at all (laughs) times. Like, man, because if he doesn't learn ball security, he's not going to see the field. And I think he will have a major role on this offense. But I feel like that's his Welcome to the NFL moment, kid. Now, don't ever do that again. Perhaps. They did the same thing with Moss. Moss ended up losing confidence. Also had an injury. That's beside the point. But when the game was in hand, why not put him in? You're up by three touchdowns. You've got the ball. Yeah. Why not try to build his confidence a little bit? 
I get it. And, and I, I think you're onto something with the confidence part of it. I just feel like I wouldn't look too if it, if it were me, I wouldn't look too much into it because, and again, going back to the quote on Benford playing over Elam, McDermott and Bean don't give a rat's ass about what your pedigree is, what school you went to. It's what can you do to help us win? And that's why you saw Benford playing more last night. And that's why you saw Moss and Singletary splitting the duties more than uh, the rookie from Georgia, James Cook, getting some reps. But there is going to be ample opportunities for these rookies to step up there and contribute. And, uh, you know, consider me excited to see what they can do. I am too. I, I'm really interested to see how they develop here. This, I mean, Benford could end up being the steal of, steal of the draft if he puts you know puts together some good games in succession. But also, I'm glad that they're splitting time. They both need they both need to be on the field, and I would love to see them end up pushing Dane Jackson. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, you're talking about and Dane Jackson's a great success story, being a seventh round pick out of Pitt earning the one starting corner spot until Trey White comes back. But, you know, the Bills need all the corners they can get because this is such a pass-happy league that you got to be able to defend the outside. So the more reps they get now, it's like what I say with the Syracuse men's basketball team and why they often fall flat later in the season. Coach Beheim doesn't give the kids enough playing time when they're taking on the Albanese, the Colgates, and the Cornells. So no wonder they don't perform well when they're going up against the Dukes and the Carolinas. Give them PT early on, you're going to see a development. Oh, yeah, Beheim with that uh, two-man bench that he goes to. <laughs> you need to have a deeper bench than that, Coach Beheim, And the Bills are going to have a deeper bench based on their rotational depth that they're providing in the secondary. You know, Jamie, we've talked about a lot of the positives and a couple of negatives so far. Is there anything else on the negative side that you want to see that concerned you about the game last night? No, I, I I don't think the Bills played a perfect game. I think that they were sloppy at times, and I sort of question the those coaching moves. But I think overall, when you look at the body of work, which was they looked a little flat initially and still dominated the game. I don't think there's a lot you can complain about. No, I'm with you. I think that they're, the Bills played a really – and again, they won by 21 with four turnovers. And you know, if you had told me the Bills had four turnovers and it was going to be on the season opener, I would have thought automatically, oh boy, has old overhyped Josh Allen showed up who the moment was too big for, but the moment wasn't too big for him. He handled everything beautifully. It was just a great overall outing. And now more importantly than anything else, Jamie, we can watch football this weekend without worrying about how the bills are going to do. And they get the extra days rest leading into the home opener on Monday, September 19th against the Tennessee Titans mini buy for the win. Yes. And let's be honest. They don't match up well with the Titans, and the Titans have been a thorn in their side over the past couple of years. So let's see how they handle this one. We have a little bit of time leading up to that game in week two to break it down. But of course, you can come back to Bill Eve to hear what Jamie D'Amico and I think about that week two matchup as the Bills look for a 2-0 start. We want to hear from you all. What are your thoughts on how Buffalo fared, what you liked and what you didn't from their season opening win? over those Los Angeles Rams. 
Get at us on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Boccasino. You can also comment on these articles when they post on buffalorumblings.com. Jamie, as always, buddy, thanks for bringing it. Man, doing the show with you is a pleasure, buddy. Always a good time, my friend, especially when they have a, a route like they did before the national audience. It even made Chris Collinsworth's snark a little more palatable. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, we love you, Bills fans, for listening to us. We're going to sign off for this week's episode of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. 